Join us now, head coach of the Adelaide 36ers, Australian basketball legend as well, it must be said, CJ Bruton. How are you doing, mate? I, I just briefly mentioned this to you, but I've been asking people around the league. I'm really excited for basketball to start. It feels like it's been a semi-long off-season. Uh, you guys don't really get an off-season. Have you had any time to put the feet up at all? Uh, I have, I guess, the day that the season <laughs> finishes. You put your feet up and you're like, whew, I got through it. Was it the way that you wanted it to go? No. Uh, and the very next day, that was your day off. And then you're back at it of... What is it that we need to fix? How do we get better? Not only as a staff, as an organization, uh, you know, do the reviews, um, the exit meet, you know, the, the reviews, the exit meetings to uh, celebrating a season in itself um, from sponsor wise and dealing with COVID. And so it was, you know, all the above. And then, so there's not many uh, days off in between. You get your weekend off. And then for me, it's the family job. Right? Like I got three kids and, and a wife. And so, taking my kids to school every day. They were looking at me like, what, what are you doing? Like Every day, like I, I'm here, I'm dead. I'm invested, you know, like instead of you just see me staying up really late, getting up and doing your breakfast and you walking out the door and then I go a different direction and coming back and seeing me on the weekend at the game and waving at me and, and then asking me the questions on the, in the car ride home of, you know, how's the team? What, what you know, what happened here? Why isn't he playing? Is he sick? Uh, Son, I'm not, I can't tell the world. So yes, you do know some things, but that's yeah, where it's at. That's where the real hard questions come from then. It's not yeah. like, it's not from me. No, it comes from the, oh, the kids, you know, it is social media. They'll read stuff into it, which I said, <laughs> we, we get a free, everyone gets a, a free swipe at you from on social media. And I tell my son, of, I mean, when I played, I didn't have access to all that all the time, but um. It's a, you know, it's a powerful tool. And I said, you know, all you need to know is what daddy believes in and the truth. My career and how I got here wasn't by through social media. And I said, and while they're not on the ground and see the day-to-day -day work, I said, you'll hear different things at different times and you'll understand that, um, you know, part of it is, excuse me, you have to take that and talk to him. Uh, one of my, one of the players is reaching out as we uh, speak. So uh, it's, it's helping everybody, right? It's uh, being a part and across everyone, but just letting my son know that um, this is part of the journey of, of an athlete and as a coach. So before we move forward to this season, then it, if you look back, clearly you've had a lot of success as a player. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you take out of last year and how did you try and get through what at times might've been frustrating? I'm sure there was plenty of re rewarding moments as well, but when it didn't pan out or you didn't get to the postseason, we weren't really in that mix. Uh, how did you find that as first season as an NBL uh, head coach? I think uh, I found it, yeah, this is where you dig deep, right? You you find out, you know, who your players are when, you know, that the season's, it's over. For like, as for making the playoffs, it's not over as in done and people have invested in you uh, from how you got here to this club, to the sponsors, to and every day putting your best foot forward. So making sure that every day that you deliver and live that and enjoy the moment, it's, you know, it's hard to do when you're taking hits and leaks that, that sort of way. So for me, it's like every day bringing an upbeat, uh, positive attitude and, and showing them and still teaching them, teaching them like it's day one. Like, you know, I asked you to do this here. You've got to get over that. You need to sprint that for like, was that your best effort? If that is, that doesn't get it done. 
I may have to go to the bench and find someone else, which they drop their limb. Then you have to pick them back up and then you have to push them back out. And so all those little things that come about, but pointing the club in the right direction and knowing that it is a tough time right now, but, you know, and then coming home and, and knowing that, you know, none of that matters to my family. They don't, they don't see that. They don't understand. They don't need to know some of the things that go on and where you're at. And it's like, you, you want to fill everyone in with the joy stuff, but it's not always um, as joyous as, as that. So, um, but I, I enjoyed it. I think uh, the grind is good. Um, when you've played as long as I have, you've seen every <laughs> every bit of different situations from the angry import to a player that's, you know, uh, angry at his opportunities and, and, and lack of, or this guy gets too much or he gets extra treatment and things like that. Like, it's just, this is sport in general, like, you know, from the, the great ones to to the guys that are up and coming. And I think when guys walk in a competition, like, as we always say, know your role, know your lane, but not everyone fully embraces that. They all think, well, in NBL 1, I'm a star. So when I get to the NBL, I'm going to be a star. Well, there's always a, a DJ or a Macro or someone there before you, which always started where you were, but have found their way to where they're now top dog. And you just need to, sometimes it's by your time. Sometimes, like Nathan Sobey, when he played for the 36ers, the opportunity came and he was able to take that opportunity and run with it and become a, uh, an Olympian and a World Cup, an Olympian champion. And, you know, it's those opportunities that can you embrace and you you run with and and keep growing with. So for, for the club, we just need to keep pushing kids in the right direction and understanding that there's a process in it. And every day you just need to give your best. So it was very, very early in free agency. And I was, uh, I texted you and you said, I want to hit the ground running with free agency. Now, at that point, there weren't too many official signings, uh, but there was names in the mix and people are, were talking about certain players that, oh, many of them ended up coming to fruition and we'll go through them. But uh, what was your plan? Because it, you, you talk about the attitude stuff with you know, potential players and there's fit of the NBL, then there's, your style and the way you want to play on both ends of the floor. What were you, what was the broad plan of, of the type of guys or the type of style you, you wanted to attract to Adelaide? Uh, again. Fun style, being fast, um, athletic, uh, being smart, uh, being disruptive, uh, being able to, I guess it's, it's, like I use all different sporting codes, right? Like you need to be able to change your stance in boxing. Like, you know, if you're going to be a southpaw and then change it up just to keep everyone off guard. And I think that's that's basketball uh, in a sense of everyone's trying to be disruptive. And um, I think most of the coaches around the competition speak the same language. Um, we use different concepts or different terminology, but overall um, we're only a extinction of our players. So to create and attract players, one that want to play for you and, and can do these things. And then it's you putting them in a position for them to be successful. Where in the world is Robert Franks? <laughs> Robert Franks. Uh, I think he's uh, on his way. I mean, he's a, uh, he's one of our players we signed and, you know, clearly we've had uh, some guys come at different times as you, as you see. And I know that was, there's rumble and talk about, you know, all, all these different things that are going on right now. Like, when people ask me and they're telling me, oh, he was, he's gone. Is he here? He's not there. As far as I know, he's on his way here. And I just spoke to him and 
yeah, obviously he's been in a in a boot. He's been in Boston. He's played in the summer league, and you know we got guys coming in and out. Guys are now leaving for the fever window. Some guys are just touched down, and um, <laughs> this is a week. It's I mean, the summer, the off season is always disruptive, and with the NBL one and the way it all crosses over, there's guys will come in at different times and and get themselves ready, um, and. As always, you need them ready for the season. And so we're looking forward to getting Robo here and um, and getting everyone up to speed and getting ready for the season. And the idea of, and we've seen Melbourne's gone through it with certain players, they think you're coming back, then they don't come back. So it's not like it's a unique situation. But when you put the plan together and he's one of the early signings, do you stay in communication a lot? Are you, can, are you staying up at night about what could potentially happen? What goes through uh, your head? Well, when you you always you get on the phone you do have to it's everyone's part of the family and so our conversations from him his agent to grant to nick Bobato, it's uh from our owner to the ceo it's like we're all in contact to our players like i you know i try to update where i can but overall it's this is who we are the as a club there's uh always as i said there's always disruption it's how you handle it um but overall, we're happy with where we are and, and the team that we put together, um, and really excited for uh, what we can what we can do throughout the season. You guys obviously know most season whether it's the guys you have other teams, who these guys are that are coming in. But the imports is always a little bit of unknown with this league. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, what advantage is it, and was it a goal to get two guys in who are known commodities? in this league and we've seen them produce in, in Cleveland, obviously in France. Yeah. I think uh, I go back to uh, you, you need top players, top talent guys that have played at an elite level. Obviously they both had a little stand in the NBA. They both played in the G league. They both played in our competition. Uh, both have been very good at their trades uh, in a sense of, Cleveland and his defensive skills, and we all seen the reward, the awards that they've both won in our competition. But then also also comes a part where you've got to play together and, and do it together. And with the core group that we got, uh, and bringing those two especially in here, it, for me it was Darnell Me. And you remember when Darnell Me came to Adelaide 36ers and his reputation and what he won while he was a 36ers uh, and his ability to impact the game on the defensive end, handle the ball, make plays. I look at Cleveland in that space. He, I think he can keep growing uh, a little more than what he did in Illawarra and and we'll, we'll see and hope and put him in a spot where he can go do that. And Franks is the Kevin Brooks, uh, you know, and it's like, as we always talk about, not reinventing the wheel, right? That is, you find talent, they, they're both good kids, Um they both want to win. Uh, they'll do what's necessary for their team. They both have a skill set that we needed, uh, as you saw from last year. And it's like, uh, and those two guys reminded me of the past players that I had to go against uh, on a consistent basis and run through. And for a city like Adelaide to will embrace them, I think um, we're looking for that. You know, we ain't had the Brett Miles. We got the the Macker and some DJ's that guy, right? Like he's been here, that long-serving guy. I've got a core group with Macker and uh, and Sunday that, you know, the strength on the defensive end, you know, the Catalinis, the Satwells, you know, the list can go on from a past team to a present team. But I'm trying to think of talent in our competition. How do you utilize it? How do you make the most of it? 
how do you allow for them to breathe and see, and see success in, in themselves uh, within the group and how they can get it out of each other and how they can push one another for us to achieve the ultimate goal. Uh, there's been players moving around. It feels like this is an off-season where a bunch of teams are really going for it. Do you get a text? And one of the teams is Brisbane. Do you get a text from your old friend, uh, Sam McKinnon, says, why are you, why are you taking our guy for? <laughs> First of all, I didn't know he was their guy. So uh, <laughs> right, there you I, go. Was in, I was in Brisbane when Franks was recruiting. And yeah, um, it's uh, yeah one of those things that they're not anyone's guys. And, yeah. and you know, imports, it's one year and they move on. Well, I've made sure that both these guys are signed for two years. So again, them feeling comfortable, understanding that they're valued. Uh, I appreciate them. I know it's not easy being an import um, for the elite players that have played overseas as Australian. You understand the urgency, you know, from feeding your family to getting your next job to the opportunities that come from that. Um, your team success versus your success, um, the buy-in. Uh, it's, it's all those parts. So to put that at ease and for the, for us to know what sort of players we're getting and where we're at at this point, um, it was important to show them and tell them um, in every conversation that I had with them from their families, uh, appreciating their families and embracing them as we're a family club um, and and showing them how we will look after their families as well as uh, grow this game here in Adelaide. Uh, we've seen Mitch and uh, what he's done for Australia the last uh, couple of months, and and he was a star in that team. Uh, I was listening to an interview with him, and he said, well, I'm going to be more aggressive, but try to be more aggressive, those types of things. If I just look at it, and again, you've already said they have to play, so they have to do it on the floor. But it feels like with the guys potentially around and what could potentially happen, it's almost more familiar to what that Melbourne team was where Mitch just feels like he's the connector, I don't know if that's a word you want to use, but just does everything, has his hands in everything rather than feeling the need at some times last year where it felt like, can he be the scorer? Can he be the facilitator? Can can he do everything? Yeah, I think uh, last year was uh, definitely an opportunity that Mick, uh, Mitch and I sat down and talked about, I do need you to try and score the ball. If you shot the ball like Nathan Sobey today and you were on point, great. If you weren't, I'm, I'll live with that. Uh, also, for me to build the team the way it is today is getting a feel for what can you handle? Like, can I get more out of you than what you were doing in the past? Are you willing to to go that extra mile and do do a little extra in this space? Um, and and just see where he was at. And there was some we had some chats in between, sometimes at halftime, and uh, some was frustration within within the group and how things are how we're playing and how we're going about our way and the listening and the understanding of our group. Um, and I said, you know, some of that just gotta you need to let go. This ain't united, and you know we've we've got to find a way to to keep bringing the group together, and and that's just part of growth. And I think uh, as the off season happened and all these dot points in place of you know, more veterans, more experience, uh, more toughness, more depth, um, trying to tick all those boxes that if I have an injury, because last year was it was riddled from from the jump with Isaac, um, not having Kai start the season, I can go on and on, but it's, it's not about the past. It's about if I have an injury, I can look down there and know that whoever I put in they can come in and do the job. And I'm not saying that last year, I didn't think that all the time that they could do that. They weren't all healthy at the time to go and give what was always expected of from my end for them to go and deliver on the floor. I imagine 
from being a, a competitor yourself that there's a fair level of understanding where the frustration at times might have been from Mitch. Like, I imagine you respect that. Yeah, I did. And, uh, and I try to let him know that some of it you're going to have to let go. I'm telling you, yeah. you <laughs> start that this yeah. is coming. And, yeah. and knowing that, you know, the media will come and this this will come from this way. This is going to happen here. It's like, plan it out. If it doesn't happen, great. But here's what I know is going to happen. I'm good with it. Are you able to handle it? You know, the opportunity that's in front of you, what's expected of you as a leader. Uh, but one thing that uh, Mitch does a very good job of is, you know, he owns his mistakes and he also comes every day and he brings it. He's great around his teammates. And if you ask anyone from that's played with him through Adelaide, Melbourne, Basketball Australia, Cairns, Taipans, even in college and overseas, they'll tell you the same thing. Unbelievable guy, do everything for his for his teammates and just wants to win and he's just such a great competitor. Uh, what do you say? Uh, he's fit then and he's a guy that can fit in with any type of lineup, but when you have Craig there as well, and he's obviously been a guy that's proven himself as a scorer at a, at a similar level league at the G League and typically those guys that score at a high level in the G League, it's translated pretty well in recent seasons. Yeah. So... So what do you so them two in the backcourt together? I know it's early days. I know they haven't played together. Only a couple of practices. But what's uh what's in your head? Oh uh, well, you, well you've seen it on Mitch's end. He's played with Casper Ware. Um, right. Yeah. He's played with Travis Trice. He's played with a lot of talented, you know, combinations of guards. And as you know, Mitch is unselfish. He's a as a leader and he's a, by example. Um, he's happy to be a facilitator at times. And when he knows it's time to take over, he'll take over. But having that that guy there that can score the ball, understanding his position, and if he is the point, he's the point. If he's the two, he's the two. Um, but also, he's going to contribute on both ends of the floor and 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 play accordingly. Like I mean, I spoke with with Craig. I said, you know, obviously the shots that you took in in the G League, like you know, you play for Adam Capo, and, and I know that you were the most improved player. Um, that's going to come down, you know. Like let's just start there. Um, obviously, assist to turnover ratio needs to be better. And this is how we're going to do it. And let's start getting to work on that. And great kid, again, um, understanding that, you know, these opportunities don't come around. He had many opportunities to go different places, but him to want to be in Australia, play in the league. He had many teams that were interested in him from the earlier on. Um, and we were able to get him late, um, which was, a, I think it was an added bonus for, for us. Um, and we're looking forward and we're excited to have him. I assume Capes puts in a good word there, or you're at least on the phone to ask about Craig oh, and get get the inside word. Definitely asked about him um, when they were at summer league. I, I didn't go to summer league, but um, you know, reaching out to to coaches, not just Cape One and other people, and and agents and and different clubs of what they've seen in Craig and where he's at um, opportunities, not only for the the growth of him, uh, where they see him at in the future. Um, the position he will play, how close is he to uh, getting the opportunities in the in the states? To can we play a part of his journey? Can he play a part of our journey and and rebirth in the thirty sixes back to where we need to be? Uh, I know there's a lot of people you mentioned Kai Soto a couple of times. Mm. I mean, this is just a megastar already <laughs> back home, and there'll <laughs> be a lot of people that are excited to see him play in the NBL. Uh, mm. What did it look like in the off season? Because again, you talk about social media. I don't know how much you see it, but anytime there's a single highlight, it's absolutely blowing up. They're furious that he's not playing more minutes, all those types of things. Yeah. 
uh, how do you balance that from a coach with with a young guy? I don't I don't know him at all. I don't yeah. know how that process uh, went. Well, first again, by relationship and working with Kai, I think uh, as you know through social media, as I told you earlier, like I'm not across it like that. <laughs> so I, I I did get many many uh, plugs, uh, not all for the the right reasons, but uh, yeah. uh, not saying I open them all up, but. I've seen a few, uh, but ultimately, I know who I am. I know where they want Kai to be, and also I want him. Why would I? Why mm-hmm. would I tarnish him? But I'm also very wary of our club and our success and how he's growing and coming along. Like there's certain things I'm not gifting a kid just because his social media account says he's very high and on that totem pole. It's like we have a job to do, and our league is very powerful as you everyone knows like from china to like we got guys going that way because they're trying to they're trying to poach all our players from all over it's, we have a great league um and here there's a respect there and as i've told him there's a work rate that's needed for you to be successful not only in our competition but around the world um and we were while you're here let's embrace that and play play the right way and accordingly and if you can tick all these boxes and we can grow we can get better i think i sat with him early uh, when I got here, I said, I think roughly about 15 minutes. And I think the only thing he was expecting that at that point. And then the injuries happened in the preseason, he barely played. And by the end of the year, he worked out to, he was over 15 minutes. And, you know, seeing Hapati and other guys play, and there was times where we had different conversations about, I wish I played more here or there. But that's also that every player's in that boat. You know, <laughs> I want to win, I want to play more. I want to win more games. You know, <laughs> I, I want to be on the other side of that. And so, if that means that you can do more, then great. But you have to show me every single day. And if you don't give that to me every single day or fit in with the group or understand or talk more or do this here, how can I give you a little more when you don't give a little more? So there's that give and take for for a lot of our young players. And that was a, our bench was young. You know, they was, they're, they're very talkative when they're together. They great on social media, as most kids are. Um, and they were, when we were rolling, they were good. And when they were... It was going the other way. They were very quiet, don't want, you know, knowing how to talk to one another, how to get the best out of each other. That was all a, a growth process. And so Wick Kai is still he's still young and you know, right now is with the Filipino national team and they're excited to have him. Well, I'm excited to watch him and uh, I'll be getting him a message uh, afterwards, not beforehand, as always. <laughs> yeah, we we want him to play well, but we're looking forward to seeing him hit the floor for the national team. Yeah, super young and had some really good games towards the back end of the season. So uh, in terms of getting him back, uh, and you mentioned that you've had those tough conversations with him. Clearly, he's responded okay for that relationship to stay where it is and he wants to come back. So what what was that like in terms of telling him that we want you to come back? This is the way it's going to be. We think this is the best way for you to move forward. Uh, what was that conversation like? And was there any doubt that he was going to come back or how did he respond to that? Uh, that was a lot of conversation between our CEO and myself yeah. and uh, uh, I guess his his, his team. Um, and with that, that took a while uh, to get across the line, but um, ev- everything was in the best interest of Kaisoto. Um, not here to sugarcoat it. It was, you know, we love the kid. We wanted to be here. Um, let's work to make this better. And not achieving, as I sent a message to him about, when he didn't get drafted that night. And I know that while everyone feels sorry or sad for him, it's like, that's not the only way in the NBA. Jack mm-hmm. White is in the NBA right now. You know, 
he didn't he didn't get drafted either. Like I know that people want to see you go through these certain channels and kick in these doors and many ways to get there. Now it just means that there's more teams interested in you than you just stuck with one. Uh, and stuck with one means you can't go anything, but it's great to wear a, a uniform and be proud. But it's also ultimately if you want to play, play. If not, you're going to have to travel overseas to do it and hopefully you can come back and be a part of it. Um, but never give up um, and understand that you have a long way to go. And what I said to you, I thought you were two years away. Uh, obviously, you went down this path for whatever reasons that you decided and, and your agency and your group. Um, but right now, it's about him being here uh, and, again, continue to grow and put his best foot forward and help us be successful. Yeah, we spoke about roles a little bit and mixing and matching lineups. And, again, on paper last year, and you mentioned the health stuff, you had plenty of good big men this year, again, DJ and uh rob and then where does kai fit in like i mean what do you say to, uh that he fits in this mix in terms of the role that he potentially have yeah good question um i think always when i was putting it together i, I plan on having him back and growing his role a little more um again until you see everyone on the floor and playing and i recruited uh karen galloway and i also got dang in here as well and when you add mm -hmm. those two to the mix it's uh, you know, you start ringing the can and everyone's, you know, jumping like, hey, take his job. I'm like, hey, take his job, take his minutes. The more that you can compete on that level, I know i got a great team. And so there'll be some um, some tight battles. Uh, I, don't, I can't tell you. I'm not gifting anyone. You're starting, you're there, and this is where this works out. Um, everyone comes in and, you know, obviously Mitch is, is, a, is a face, right? He's just one for Australia, so... You know, if you can steal his job, steal his job, good luck to you. you know, but ultimately, like everyone's in here to compete and play well. And for us to be successful, we need everyone at, at an elite level. Uh, just got a couple more. So with Isaac Comfrey, so he didn't play uh, yeah, really at all last season. And I know you obviously saw what he did a few seasons ago to start the year, but it's been a long, long period since he was healthy. Yeah. What was the process there? Did, did you try getting back did you feel like it was best for everyone to move on did he feel like it was best for him to move on what was the decision there well at the end of the season well he was hurt when i yeah. got here um he didn't, <laughs> quite, he didn't quite get healthy um losing a player of his caliber um and not being able to replace that early in the season you know played a role in where we were at and and the struggles that were going to come throughout uh, i think when out when he was not with the team and he was doing his rehab and recovery. Uh, although our job is to help him be successful and keep getting back to full health. And as a club, we invested in him to go and do that. When the season finished, clearly everyone's free agent, but we have the right to Isaac Humphreys. And so while this is all playing out and everyone's from our agent uh, is reaching out and saying, you know, you know, signing and then, I'm doing my my work behind the scenes. As you know, Jeff Van Groningen's not here anymore. And so there's a lot of it that's behind the scenes and falling on. It's like, find the right guy, find the right people. Also, I'm building a staff and, 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 and plugging people in a place where, again, I think that every club needs to have people in place that we've, we keep attracting and we keep uh, employing. And so... Um, where Isaac got to was while he was waiting in the wings and feeling that the opportunity wasn't going to come and Melbourne came and, and didn't come. And then it's like, are you interested? And all we had to do was match it if we really wanted to. Um, and in the end, I know that um, 
I don't want someone that doesn't want to be here if you don't want to be here. But letting Isaac know along the way, again, our communication being open, our club has been great to him, I like to believe. Uh, and I think personally, like our, our relationship is good. Um, and if you ask him, I'm pretty sure he'll tell you. He'll tell you that too. But um, it's it's about the player. Like one day you, he'll probably want to come back here and play. He loves Adelaide. And, and we love him. But at the time where we were putting things in place, I didn't have everything in place while I'm trying to sort that piece out. There's certain steps. I had DPs and agents calling me trying to get all their DPs sorted. I'm like, I don't yeah. have a starting five right now. <laughs> yes. You're worried about a development player right now. Like, stop. Okay. Like when I get this guy, if your guy's gone, so be it. Like, hey, I ain't got time to be worrying about yeah. that. Oh, fine. What I need to cater to and help us, not only now, but for the future as well. So, it, there's all those steps. And when it came down to it, um, listening to uh, Moldman, Daniel Moldman, and then speaking with Isaac. And and again, we were happy. Nick Rubato and, and Grant Kelly were happy to sign off of, you know what, we can release him. Like, he wants to be released, let's, let's release him. And, but if he wanted to come back, we had that opportunity for him. And we told him we're interested. And then obviously at that time, he probably felt like they'd got, gone past his deadline and he wanted to, he wanted to change and probably needed to change. Uh, if we go back, so last year you got asked a million times about Scotty Hobson, Casper <laughs> Ware, these guys. I spoke to Casper, I spoke to Nick Bobato about what you potentially were going to do. Mm. And this was well before the postseason. And Nick said, well, we've already got our list for free agency, as every team does. You have to look ahead. Yeah. At that point in time, playoffs was a long shot. Was there just a point where you said, you guys as a group said, we we need to to focus on what we think we're going to do in the off season. I know you sort of came in late-ish last off season. It wasn't exactly your team. Um, was that part of the, the process of saying, okay, well, let's not spend this money here. Let's yeah. dive in next off season. A um, lot of different things that in that space. Um, yeah. Trying to get it, get it sorted with his agent um, and then it not working out. Uh the part of him being in Russia, uh, right, right, right. all those little things as well to, you know, how does this come about? Can we make it work or can we not um, play for the future, you know, uh, without really diving into the whole team and where, where we sit, um, not wanting to like, you know, it's not like we're, we're making money and we're blowing this out of the water to go and spend that to, are we going to see the the results that we need to see to get in? We, we can't lose a game from here. You know, can he do it? Yeah, I believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't ask to to go and get a player of his caliber. Um, but then also evaluating the players that we had and to make sure that I checked everyone out and gave everyone that opportunity um, to play. Current, uh, Hiram Harris became mm -hmm. a start for us. Mm -hmm. You know, Bairstow goes down. Um, he plays well for us. We win a few games, but he's his ability on both ends of the floor and how he plays and within the group, again, contract for next year was already, you know, that's how that comes about by going through that, his work rate at practice every single day, as we talked about earlier, um, all those things to evaluate um, how he is within the club, um, sponsors in the community. Um, yeah, it's evaluate all that. So um, yeah, in a nutshell, it was more of, um, we got to that, that, that space where, um, are we gonna? Can we move forward? Uh, and what can we? What are we really gonna get back? And when I sat back and thought about it a lot, it's not that it's put a blanket over. We're not gonna do anything anymore. It's oh, we're gonna do something. But 
how we build for the future and show everyone who we are as a team. You need to, you need to build that and show everyone who you are. What's your character? You know, what is your team built on? You know, do you have heart? Do you have toughness? And and that goes for each player. Um, and the players were representing our club and representing our, not only our families as well. And um, to put that forth first and then recruit, you know, in those spaces. How have you viewed this offseason? It feels to me like, as I mentioned earlier, teams have, have gone all in, if you want to use that term. Uh, you've got the play-in. So now there's six teams out of the 10 that'll make the postseason. But the league made us do these early predictions, which is always ridiculous because everyone just gets furious at you for, for the teams that you picked. Yep. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do my six. And I'm like, well, there's teams here that it's not going to surprise anyone if they make the, make the top six. How have you viewed this offseason outside of Adelaide? Uh, tough. You know, like I think yeah, everyone retooled and you had to. There was guys on that free agent board and I think every team every team in the league had them on their board and every team had a way of going at certain players to try and make that work. And it's like high priority, you know, if we miss out, here's where we land. And if we don't get that, but we've got to engage three of them, hopefully land the top one. And then if he doesn't, we fall down the, the list. Not that everyone needs to know about it, but this is how we plan it out. And um, I think uh seems how that cycles when in our league is only, you know, there's not that many jobs if you you look at it. Three imports, next uh, Asian rule player, like, you know, the list goes on. So the guys that get into the competition, there's guys in NBL1 that are playing super well and trying to get in and, and steal the roster job. And it's like you got guys overseas that are trying to come back. Uh, you got some guys that leave, but some guys come back. You add Baines back into, you know, into Australia. It's like when you, you know, a few years ago, it was Broker, now Baines. And the guys that have played for Australia now coming back into the fold and and representing us, that it makes it even tougher. Uh, but each team is, as you said, they get stronger. I think um, Ford in, Forty in Cairns has done an amazing job with his retool. And I think, um, you know, you talk about, I like to think that we've done an amazing job, but, uh, you know, for where we were uh, and what we've gone through throughout this, the past season, I think that retooling the way that we have has been amazing. I think Sydney, like, while losing seven players is never <laughs> a special thing. And then trying to bring that back to the to the fold, but no different than Brisbane. The teams that didn't make the top four, they had to retool in that space. You know, keeping a core group and mainly four to five, and then retooling. Um, then you had Sydney who won the championship, and again retool. They got back Hunter, but had to retool. Three import. You lost your your MVP. You know, the, one of the best bigs in the league is going to Tel Aviv, and it's like you know this is part of the journey of of basketball and the growth so it's going to be exciting i think uh phoenix again phoenix everyone's like you know joshi you know they they yeah. got rotations you know where are they at and how they're going to go melbourne united i think dino was kind of he was the one that was scratching his head i was like you know don't scratch your backside too much bull down there so <laughs> you know, he's you lose jack you you know you lost delavadova um but um this is all exciting time and i'm excited to see everyone and and how see all the new players that come into our league and, and where they get to. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, I feel like I'm ready for it. At least you got, you said you got some sort of rest. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, won't take any more of your time for these uh, player phone calls to come through. CJ, appreciate your time, man. No, thank you, Jay. Appreciate it, man. You take care.